0: Oh, Mr. Professional here, got to turn the gain up, and they can hear you. Uh, Welcome to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed to be able to come together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on these domestic church media radio stations and all of our social media outlets, however you're listening or watching, Uh, reaching so many more people now, and the best is yet to come as uh, Mr. Sinatra once sang. Actually, no, Sinatra has that on his um, gravestone. You know, the best is yet to come, which heaven is certainly uh, (laughs) the best, the best ever. And we pray that that's where his soul is. If not, we pray it's on its way. Uh, Hoping you are having a blessed uh, January 26th, uh, kind of a Nasty day, I, I guess. It's now it's just raining, but a little sleet and ice this morning, and cold and damp. And uh, but happy you're here. Hoping you're staying warm, and thanking you for taking the time out of uh, your day to be here with me. I, you know, I got to tell you, and I say this in humility, every 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 day we get uh, lovely mail from uh, you, our family of listeners and viewers, and um, so often there are such nice little notes in there, and I received one yesterday. Um who said that she looks forward every day to 4 o'clock, and I thank you for that. It's, it's just, you know, I, I sit in this studio I'm all by myself. Jesus is right across the hallway here. And, uh, you know, I sit behind the mic, and I know the, the broadcast goes out around the world, literally. And it's always nice to know you're there and you're listening and uh, that uh, you can benefit from whatever the Holy Spirit inspires me to bring to you. And today, uh, the Feast of St. Timothy and Titus. Saints Timothy and Titus. And um, I thought we would actually go to the gospel today, share a little bit about that. Uh, and then uh, I, al- I also, uh, well, I have a few things. Let's let's pray first because it's, it's always the most important thing first. But do stay with me. I'm here to, uh, for the next hour. I hope you can be with me for the whole hour. And uh, as always, my friends, uh, we invite you to pray with us as we will pray with you and for you and all of your special intentions, raise them up. Uh, to the throne of Almighty God as we come together at this time. And uh, I'm asking you, please, to keep um, a family in your prayer. Uh, The uh, husband and father uh, passed away suddenly a couple days ago, and um, a friend of the apostolate, dear friends of the apostolate, and uh, just pray for the happy repose of his soul. And it's just, uh, you know... But you know the beautiful thing is, as Catholics and as, as Christians, we we know that this is why the Lord came. He came to save us from sin and death. And although we may all one day suffer a a, uh, a mortal death, the death of our bodies, our soul will live on forever. And one day, uh, praise God, our souls will be reunited with our glorified bodies and um, will be forever in the loving embrace of our heavenly Father. So we, we, we know that, and uh, it's not easy saying goodbye to someone here as they, we send them off to uh, eternal life, but uh, we know we will see them again. So please keep this family in your prayer. It was a sudden, kind of a sudden death and, and uh, certainly unexpected, and he was a young, younger man, and um, we pray for them. Uh, as always, we pray for you and your intentions. I ask you please to pray for us here at the Apostolate. We're going to talk about apostolate today. Uh, I, I get, sometimes I get very, the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit will, will pierce my heart in a special way on certain occasions when he has new projects in store for me. <laughs> and indeed he does. So uh, we'll talk about that. But pray for the apostolate because we know that Satan hates this work. He hates what we're doing here. He hates you for listening and watching. He hates me for doing it. He hates you for supporting it. Uh, he will do whatever he can and use whoever he will, whoever he can get under his, uh, his thumb, and uh, use individuals to try to take us down, you know. (laughs) Never fails. It's happened in the many years we've been in existence. But we know that this is the Lord's work, and the Lord is right here with us, present, really, truly, substantially present in the Blessed Sacrament in this building. Thanks be to God in the tabernacle across the hallway in our beautiful little chapel of the Holy Family. So we know, uh, and that was a great—I And can't believe it's going to be eight years— Eight years ago, we had the chapel uh, built and uh, the Lord brought here in March of uh, 2013. Eight years? I I just can't believe it's been that long. My goodness, how time is flying. But let's come together now, my friends, wherever you are. And of course, if you're listening on one of our domestic church media radio stations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, I thank you for that. Uh, But also remember that you can also listen Uh, On any of our streaming devices, if you have the Amazon Echo or Google Home device, just say play Domestic Church Media. We'll come out on those uh, speaker devices 24-7. Of course, uh, we invite you to download our free uh, Domestic Church Media mobile app. And uh, when you have our app, you can listen to streaming audio. You can listen to our podcasts. You can listen to our archive programs. You can watch live right now because we are coming to you live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com. Slash Domestic Church Media, and also live video on our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash Domestic Church Media. Also live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And I got to tell you, I'm very excited that um, our video reach—we pray uh, this year—and it's going to happen—we'll uh, reach literally millions more and I'll get into details as we start establishing what it is that the Holy Spirit is asking us to do very excited about this <laughs> um, so let's pray for all of your intentions and of course we're praying the consecration prayer to consecrate our families to the holy family of Nazareth and we um, I haven't had a chance to put it together yet, but we're going to give these to you for free. If you would like a free uh, prayer card, um, really courtesy of the Knights of Columbus, um, we'll tell you how you can get them in a a couple of days. I'll put that together. But let's pray this prayer now. And, And as we pray, there is a place in the prayer where we all pray together. We entrust our family to you. So let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph of Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue to forgive one another from our hearts and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful Subtum Praesidium prayer to Our Lady, as requested by our Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, with the specific intention to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us, and Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, I thank you, my brothers and sisters, for praying together, and uh, as always, um, let's keep each other in prayer. You know, right now, I think more than any time that I can think of, since we've been doing what we do here, do we need an apostolate such as this? you know we're we're hearing so much uh about the the cancel culture about um the censorship that's out there and little by little you know little i heard i heard or i read this morning i guess on one of the the uh news apps that i read that the uh, my pillow guy mike lindell his twitter, twitter account was suspended for going against the policy of twitter whatever that is Um, little by little, we're seeing things like this happen. You know, as Americans, we have the right of free speech, uh, as as it states in the First Amendment. And I, 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 I don't know for a fact, I think it's a fear of all of us, especially in religious broadcasting, that that type of censorship will start to trickle down to even broadcasters such as as us here at Domestic Church Media. So there is a battle going on. A battle between good and evil. And it no longer is uh, hiding in in the shadows, you know, the battle is very real and and uh, out in the open. And so we as the people of God, as the faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called every day in in word thought indeed uh, to bring that gospel out into the world. You know, today we celebrate the feast day of Saints uh, Timothy and Titus, uh, two wonderful evangelists. And we read in, in the gospel, we'll get to that in a second, how the Lord sent out the 72. And that call, that sending forth, continues with us even today. It's not limited to those... Well, you know, let's, let's go to the gospel first because uh, we'll talk a little bit about this. Um, and, of course, I'm going to my domestic church media mobile app. It's free. <laughs> and uh, the daily mass readings are in there. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The Lord Jesus appointed 72 other disciples whom he sent ahead of him in pairs... To every town and place he intended to visit. Now I was praying this today in the chapel, just going over it before the program as I sat with sit with the Lord in, in, the, in the chapel. And I, I read that first sentence, that first verse, the Lord Jesus appointed seventy-two other disciples whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. So, 2,000 years ago, our divine Lord, as he walked this earth, of course, had his 12 apostles, but then he, he appointed 72 other disciples, whom he sent ahead of him in pairs, two by two, to every place in town he intended to visit. And ever since then, he's been doing the same thing. He does it right. He's doing it right now. He sends us, me, you, all of us uh, who are baptized Catholics, especially, and baptized Christians, to go ahead of him, to bring the good news. In fact, the, the, the psalm response, proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. And you see... The boldness of what Christ asked his disciples to do, not just these 72, but all of us down through the ages to the current and present day, to do just that, to boldly proclaim the gospel in season or out of season, whether convenient or inconvenient. And right now, it's not that convenient to preach the gospel because of the threat of censorship of of uh, the um. Objection to a lot of what Christianity teaches, if you juxtapose it to the current culture and the ideology of society today, especially Western culture, not really in season right now, not really convenient either. But that shouldn't stop us. See, I, 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 oftentimes I will ask the Lord. You know, for I've been doing this for this is my twenty sixth year of doing Catholic radio, Catholic media. Lord, why me? What? what you know, I really had no intention of doing this. And there's a particular personality trait or characteristic that the Lord gave me that has been both a blessing, and sometimes a curse, (laughs) hopefully mostly a blessing, in that I love the challenge. You know, don't tell me not to do this when I know I should be doing it. Don't tell me I can't do this when I know I can do this. Don't tell me it's going to be too difficult, you won't succeed, you're going to fail, when I know I will succeed if I put my heart and mind to it. Cheryl and I were talking this morning over our morning coffee together and uh, kind of reminiscing back to the early days of my transition from, I should say our transition from our secular work, in particular my secular work in the the corporate world, into apostolate, and how in the early days it was very, very scary at times and very difficult and and always challenging. And that, I think, more than anything, it was the challenge that kept me invigorated, kept me going because I love it. I love the challenge. I, 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 I want to succeed in whatever it is the Lord asks me to do. Go ahead, throw some obstacles in my way. I will overcome them with God's help and by God's grace. So when the Lord sent the 72 out ahead of him, to the towns and villages he was going to visit. He's been doing that ever since. He sends you out every day. He sends me out every day to the towns and villages that he's going to visit to prepare the way for him, to get people ready for him. And woe to me and woe to us if we don't preach this gospel and we preach the gospel, uh, as Saint says, uh, the old saying goes, as Saint Francis once said, we preach the gospel every day and sometimes even use words. That means it's by how we live our life that we'll make it attractive to others who want to have and possess what we have and possess. And usually it comes through in the joy and the love of life that we have, that even in the midst of obstacles, it's by Christ's grace and the joy of this gospel that we can, if not always overcome the obstacles, deal with the obstacles, face them head on. And it is a wonderful journey. <laughs> well, I guess I better get back to the gospel. I'm kind of going off here. Get back here and see where I left off. Jesus said to the disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. And you know, my friends, there too, I think about vocations, and you often hear people say there's a lack of vocations. And the answer to that is, Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> there's no lack of vocations. The vocations are there. Jesus hasn't slowed down calling people into religious life. Our Lord hasn't stopped calling people. He's not saying, well, it's, it's, the, 20, it's, it, you know, it's the 21st century. Uh, people really aren't as faithful as they used to be, so I, I won't call as many. That's why we have fewer priests and, and men and women religious. That's not what the, the situation is. The situation is the Lord continues to call and continues to send out and select and appoint disciples. It's the uh, um, lack of of response to that vocation is what we're facing. The call is still there. It's how men and women respond to that call. The harvest is abundant. You know, our friend, uh, Venerable Archbishop Sheen, who's our spiritual uh, Patron here at Domestic Church Media. In the end of his life, spent uh, he did in 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 the missions. Uh, he was the uh, head of the Pontifical Society for uh, Missions. And I had the great blessing one day of being sitting in his office, not with him there it was uh, long after he had passed, but I I, I was visiting. Uh, the Society for the Propagation of the Faith, uh, I believe it was on 34th Street, 5th, right near the Empire State Building. And Monsignor Kozar, who was the director at that time, invited me over and invited me up to the office, and I got off the elevator, and there was a big picture of Archbishop Sheen. <laughs> and I went into the office to spend some time with with uh, Monsignor Kozar. and I was sharing with him our... Uh, patronage that we had with, Archbishop Sheen had with our apostolate. And he said, well, you know what? You're sitting in his office. And I said, whoa, this is... <laughs> but in those days, the, the last years of his life, Archbishop Sheen, again, in working with the propagation of the faith, had a great love for the missions. And I've said, and of course he passed in 1979, the archbishop did, uh, so that's over 40 years ago. But I've often said, you know, if we want to see the greatest opportunity for mission territory today. It's not off in some third world country. It's not often Africa or India or Asia. It's right here in this country and in the western countries, but especially in this country. The mission fields are ripe. And so the Lord's call to you and to me to go out to towns and villages ahead of him is just as strong today to you and to me as it was to these 72. It wasn't limited to them or the apostles. It's all of us. There are 7 billion people in the world and a little over 1 billion Catholics. That's a long way to go to bring the truth of the faith to almost 6 billion people. With technology, we're reaching around the world right now. Your prayers for us, your support for us, allows us to reach those people. And as I said, and I'll tell you more about it as we get into it uh, in the coming year, uh, the the Holy Spirit has given me another inspiration that is going to require a lot of work, but will bear great fruit, I believe. And so we're going to, you know, I'll share it with you. I can't get into all the details right now, but I'm very excited about it. And it goes right along with our Lord's call and appointment of these 72. Jesus said, go on your way. Behold, I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. I mean, all you have to do, my brothers and sisters, is go out and, and proclaim the, the truth of the gospel in today's culture in a secular environment and see what happens. <laughs> The wolves are out there. They certainly are. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves his pay. Do not move about from one house to another, whatever town you enter, and they welcome you. Eat what is set before you and cure the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God is at hand for you. And today, my friends, you know, I think we see the the enormous need for disciples like you and me and everybody else who's been given this task by virtue of our baptism, you know, I know many of you are on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. You know, I have uh, we have a Facebook account here at the Apostolate, and I have a personal account. And 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 uh, you know, there's a lot of lot of opposing opinion, uh, let's put it that way, from people who don't think the way we think as people of faith. There's a lot of uh, secular humanism out there. Uh, they're even among so-called Catholic brothers and sisters, individuals who um, consider themselves to be uh, practicing Catholics but aren't really adhering to the teaching of the Church. And so many— um, Major areas of life, and especially the non negotiables in the life issues, but yet consider themselves to be good Catholics. And you know, we could go back and forth, literally. I don't argue, I, I never argue on Facebook. I never, <laughs> if someone has an opinion that's different from mine, let it be. I am convinced these days, my brothers and sisters, if someone is is that bold to put their opinion, uh, whether it be political or or religious, whatever, on, on uh, forums such as that, it's pointless to try to talk them out of it, going back and forth with words. I think what we see ourselves... Today, in fact, I was, I was reading today on Spirit Daily, there's a, a hospital in, in Australia where I guess in the hospital there's symbols of the various... Religions, Christianity, uh, um, Islam, uh, Buddhist, Judaism, you know, there's symbols in the hospital. And the hospital now, um, because I guess there was a lawsuit in Australia where the the Satanists are now putting their symbol up there as well. I said, I wouldn't want to stay in that hospital. (laughs) yay, Yay. You'd find yourselves, instead of being on an operating table, on a human sacrifice table. This is how sick the world has become and twist it, and how much influence Satan has over the secular world. What this is going to take is prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. Even our Lord, you know, when the apostles could not cast out a particular demon, Jesus says this one requires more than just that, it requires prayer and fasting. And we see that in today's world. We see that in today's culture. We see that in our own country right now. And so you and I, in reading today's gospel, in Jesus sending out the 72, need to remind ourselves we are among them. It's not just a story of long ago when Christ sent out the 72. It's a story of the present moment where Jesus is calling you and me and sending us out to towns and villages that he's going to visit, to prepare them for him. We prepare them by how we live our life, word, thought, deed, how we live as his disciples, as Christians. It doesn't happen by beating people over the head with a Bible or a a catechism or cutting ourselves off from them because we don't agree with them. You know, when the missionaries uh, go into pagan territory, they don't go in with guns a-blazing. They integrate in a way that they get to know the people, understand where they're coming from, and then say, here is the truth. It doesn't minimize or diminish the truth. It allows the truth to be openly accepted and, and willingly accepted because of trust and, and charity and love. An example. And we need to use that same method today. And... From where we come from here at Domestic Church Media, our uh, viewpoint is we have all this opportunity with our media and media yet to come to reach even the hardest of hearts. You know, I, we, we I know right now I'm speaking to to men who are behind prison walls. We've pierced those walls, and the Holy Spirit is piercing their hearts because of that. There may be individuals listening or watching right now whose heart has been hardened in one way or another that is being pierced by the love of the Holy Spirit and being open to the joy of this gospel preaching. When we come back, I want to share more with you about this and apostolate in general. So stay where you are. You're right back.
1: Catholic voices are on EWTN radio. When you are predictable in your authority, you will actually have to use that authority
0: less. Consistent discipline leads to less constant discipline. The more you act when you need to act, the less you will have to act in the future with similar misbehavior.
1: The Doctor is in with Dr. Ray Garrendi.
0: Heard right here on Domestic Church Media weekdays at 1.
1: Bishop Robert Barron on the priesthood. I'm kind of a teacher by nature,
0: I always have been, I've always loved books and ideas and life of the mind and speaking and all that. So. I brought that into the priesthood. You know, a very wise thing was said a long time ago, namely that if God chose you to be a priest, he chose you to be a priest, meaning he chose you with your particular gifts and what you're going to bring. So you don't leave that behind. On the contrary, God chose me with these particular gifts. So I've always discerned that teaching and writing and, and uh, preaching and proclaiming would be a key part of it. And it has been. I found great joy in that. I've always found joy in the uh, pastoral work. You know, I did it when I was newly ordained. I was in a parish for four years. And whenever I would go to a hospital, i go to a nursing home, go into the school, counsel,
1: engage couples. I mean, I always found great joy in that, even though it's challenging. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio.
0: 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica.
1: We need to pray for the gift of knowledge, not just knowledge of our faults, but knowledge of God. Do you know God? Or is He just somebody that you go to when you're in trouble? And This gift of knowledge is a certain amount of <coughs> detachment. Oh, we don't want to hear about that, do you? We, we're attached to everything, little things, silly things, chairs. Don't sit in my chair. Why? Because it just fits me. (laughs) It doesn't fit you. You're too fat. (laughs) Well, if you ever said that to somebody, you're attached to what? A chair. You can be attached to God and you can love everybody. You can love your children and love your parents and love even your enemies. But attachments take the soul out of your heart.
0: The people you know and trust are on EWTN. For the Jews of old, the temple was the holiest place in the universe, and the spiritual center of the temple was the Holy of Holies. It was blocked off by a thick curtain, and only the high priest could enter to offer sacrifice to God. He had to have a rope tied around his ankle in case he died in there so he could be dragged out because no one else was ever allowed in. I lead a pilgrimage to the Holy Land every year, and to this day, you can see Jewish people from around the world come to the Wailing Wall, the closest place to where the Holy of Holies was, just to touch that wall. When Jesus died, the curtain separating the Holy of Holies was torn in two, not from bottom to top, which man could have done, but in an act of God from top to bottom. Why? Because in the New Covenant, God's dwelling place is you. You are the holiest place in the universe. Do you live like you? This is Chris Stefanik from RealLifeCatholic.com on EWTN Radio. From Ambler to Avon by the Sea.
1: Burlington to Bradley Beach.
0: From Yardley to Yardville. Bryn Athyn to Brielle.
1: Machanic Station to Normandy Beach.
0: Princeton to Pendell, proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. All right, welcome back on this uh, wintry, well, not snowy anymore, rainy, damp, cold, January 26th, 2021. I'm praying, my friends, you're having a blessed day and thanking you, as always, for uh, being a part of my day. Hoping you're staying warm and uh, cozy on this day. I know know it's kind of one of those nap days. (laughs) Hey, we got a couple of announcements here on the bulletin board, which is great. It's good to see. I'd love to see this, and uh, you can put your announcement on here as well. Just go to your uh, our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, click on the bulletin board link, and fill out the event form. Uh, this coming Friday at St. Rose Parish in Belmar, New Jersey, that's at 603 7th Avenue, uh, they will be leading a day of Eucharistic Adoration this coming Friday, beginning with Exposition of the Blessed Sacrament immediately following the 9 a.m. Mass and concluding with benediction at 6 p.m. The rosary will be prayed at 8.35, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy sung at 3 p.m., the Hour of Mercy. The church will be open throughout the day for you to come and spend some time in prayerful adoration. So a great way to spend this Friday, the 29th, uh, beginning with exposition exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, immediately following the 9 a.m. Mass. St. Rose of Belmar, Again, they're located at 603 Seventh Avenue in Belmar, beautiful Belmar, New Jersey. Uh, also on Friday, just pull it up here. There's going to be uh, um, let's see, a March for Life prayer service. Okay, this Friday at noon um, at Saint Gabriel's. Main Church, St. Gabriel's, is at 110 North Main Street in Marlborough, New Jersey. They, too, are going to have um, benediction uh, of the Blessed Sacrament. Deacon Rich uh, will be, uh, I guess, leading it. Divine Mercy in song, Helper's Litany to Jesus in the Womb of Mary, Exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, the Divine Praises, Final Prayer and Blessing, followed by the U.S. CCB Pro-Life Sorrowful Mysteries, and that is this coming Friday, the 29th, 12 to 1 p.m. at St. Gabriel's Church in Marlborough, New Jersey, and they're at 110 North Main Street. Uh, you know, my friends, again, the bulletin board is here for you. It's free. You know, we don't charge for it. And it gets a lot of hits, and I can't announce everything that goes on there, but I certainly and we certainly will every now and then uh, announce some of these events, as I just did. So go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, click on the bulletin board link, and uh, fill out the event form, and we'll be happy to post it here on our website. As I said, people—we get a lot of hits on this this, uh, site, so— Um, and of course now with the free mobile app, it's all right there. You can look at the bulletin board on our website, right from your phone or tablet, as well as your uh, computer. So, so many ways to get the good news out there. And that's what it's all about. I'll tell you what, what brought this about for me to kind of, talking about apostolate. Yesterday I spent some time with, uh, our spiritual director, my spiritual director, uh, Father Tim, who's been my director, oh my goodness, probably almost 20 years, let's say, yeah, probably almost 20 years, and, um, you know, it's important for me as the steward, main steward over this apostolate, uh, to spend time with him as we discuss uh, the the upcoming year, and I try to get to see him as often as I can, and uh, he's been guiding Domestic church media, spiritually guiding domestic church media for since its inception, since the beginning. And um, so, a good holy priest. And when I first went to see him many, many, many years ago, he suggested I read this book called The Soul of the Apostolate by Dom Jean Baptiste Chautard. And I did. And it, it had an, an impact a little bit. And, uh, of course, many, many years ago, and I've had it in the chapel, and uh, I, I kind of made a, a, a personal commitment to myself to begin reading it again. And it's funny how I I, I picked it up this morning. I'm going to start doing just a little bit at a time, not, you know, just just little segments. The Soul of the Apostolate. And I, I in the... Uh, the prologue of the book itself, um, there were two paragraphs that just kind of jumped out at me, and it really made complete. I think today's gospel and the the the, the a point pointing of the seventy-two and the sending forth, sending out. But let me just share some of this with you. these two paragraphs, burning with Pentecostal fires, they will go forth to so broadcast in the midst of, in, in the minds of all, the word that enlightens and in all hearts the grace that enkindles. Thus they will impart to men that divine life of which thou art the fullness. Talking about Apostolate, and then members of the Apostolate. I'm going to read that again. Burning with Pentecostal fires. <laughs> and you know, again, this isn't just for those of us that are in official Apostolate. Remember last week, we, and we have been sharing with you from the Second Vatican Council, uh, the teaching from the Council of Fathers on the Apostolate of lay people. You know, we're all apostles by virtue of our baptism. We're all called to be apostles. Some of us are uh, given the task of uh, of establishing a formal organizational apostolate, as such as this one, that has a a defined mission and uh, calling to do what we do with the gifts and the um, opportunities and capabilities that we have. You know, I I again I I know I often say this, but it it's still. Uh, when i think back to the early 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 days of domestic church media even before domestic church media even before that when when i was in the midst of transition still working in my corporate position but buying time on a local radio station in camden which was basically a protestant station but Catholic individuals and Catholic groups were buying time. You could—smart uh, on the part of the radio station, you paid them <laughs> to be on the radio. And so I would buy time to do this program. And I, and, and one day uh, of my time—it was on f- four or five days a week, it's around, three, I think, 3 o'clock in the afternoon— And one of those days, I would play Mother Angelica's program from the uh, Tuesday before. The network would send me her uh, CD, and I'd play that, give Mother the time, because people weren't getting EWTN on any radio station anywhere. So it was kind of like the the first (laughs) Mother Angelica live. And I don't even know why I was doing it, other than I really just felt, you know, you just feel the, the, the prompting and the lead and the Holy Spirit... As uh, we read here in Soul of the Apostolate, I began to burn with Pentecostal fires. <laughs> the beautiful Holy Spirit just setting us on fire with the desire to get out there. And, and as the, the book says, they will go forth to sow broadcasts in the minds of all the word that enlightens you see and the word that enlightens needs to be proclaimed today as i said you know we we can we can argue with people we can we can we can go back and forth one thing I've, i i i think you probably have noticed this as well it used to be you could have disagreements with people that were intelligent understanding and charitable disagreements. You might try to convince someone of your position and vice versa. And the key there is the other person, when you were trying to do the convincing, and you, when the other person was trying to do the convincing, would listen. Maybe there's something here I'm missing. Maybe there's a point here I don't get. Maybe there's clarification that I need. What is it about that person's conviction about this particular issue or point of view that makes them so determined to convince me, and and again, vice versa? And people would listen to each other. Today it seems, and I'm going to say it's, uh, without generalizing, because I don't think it's, it's, it's 100%, but I think the majority of liberal thought and liberal-minded thought is closed and closed off to even listening to a more conservative point of view to the extreme of, I don't even want to hear it, so I'm going to cancel it. Get rid of it. And that is is happening, and I think it's going to happen even more when we talk about the faith. Because when you talk about the faith and the truth with a capital T of the of the faith, it disturbs individual lifestyles, uh, individual ideologies. Individual politics, uh, individual's way of life, individual, uh, individuals' uh, um, um, peace of mind, <laughs> because we prick at the conscience. That's what the truth does. That's what the proclamation and the word that we proclaim does. It pricks at the conscience of individuals, especially those individuals who should know better, like fallen away Catholics. I, one time many, many years ago, and I've kind of lost touch uh, with her, a dear woman and her husband, who were great friends of the apostolate, helped us out many ways in the very beginning, and um, but when I first started doing this, even before Domestic Church Media, when I was doing it, she was very pro-abortion. This particular woman, and she began to listen to my program. And she would tell the story. I'm not. This is nothing that I'm saying to, to again puff myself up. It's 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 the Holy Spirit. I'm just the I'm just the instrument. But she would tell the story that she would listen to, to me and she would seethe because when i would speak about life issues abortion etc and she was in favor of it she was she would get angry at me angry at the radio because the truth was pricking at her conscience she was a catholic woman and she said i would turn you on and i'd get angry and i'd turn you on the next day and i'd get angry i'd turn you on and i'd start to listen i am still angry but i'm listening turn you on again next week, and I'd get angry. I'd, but I'd start to listen and think, wait a minute, wait a minute, maybe, maybe he has a point. And little by little, the Holy Spirit pierced her hardened heart. The truth pricked at her conscience enough to open up a willingness to understand, a desire to learn, an enlightenment. And that's what the soul of the apostle says here burning with Pentecostal fires, they, meaning members of the apostolate, will go forth to sow broadcast in the minds of all the word that enlightens, and in all hearts the grace that enkindles. See, when a mind, I I, I should say, when when, 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 um, the mind is open to the truth and begins to willingly accept and understand that truth, then the grace of God piercing that heart and mind will enkindle a Pentecostal fire and a desire then to go out themselves. We had a great example of that in yesterday's feast day in the conversion of St. Paul, who was spending his life persecuting Christians to the Lord knocked him down and enlightened him. And then there's a beautiful uh, paragraph that follows. Again, this is from the soul of the apostolate. O divine fire, stir up in all those who have part in it in thy apostolate. The flames that transformed those fortunate retreatments in the upper room then they will be no longer mere preachers of dogma or moral theology, but men living to transfuse the blood of God into the souls of men. (laughs) You know, it's one thing to be a preacher and a teacher. You know, the old saying, those who can do, those who can't teach. (laughs) Not really true, but What this book is saying, O divine fire, stir up in those who have part in thy apostolate. And again, I, it touches me because, again, I was, I was recommended that I read this book in the beginning of our apostolate. It means so much more now to me than it did in the, even in the beginning. I didn't fully understand, I don't think, in the beginning, the depth of what our calling was, what our mission was the depth of the power of the Spirit working through us, and the fruits of that, and what the fruits would be. O divine fire, stir up in those, all those who have part in thy apostolate the flames that transformed those fortunate retreatments in the upper room. Remember, after our Lord ascended into heaven, the apostles and the Blessed Mother were in the upper room waiting for the descent of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came on that first Pentecost, these men were ch- transformed. These are the same men that ran, ran away and hid, hiding out in that upper room for fear of their own lives being taken by uh, those who killed Jesus. They, they were cowering up there. But when the Holy Spirit descended upon them, they went out boldly into the streets, you know, converting people left and right, 3,000 at a time, preaching the word, being thrown in prison and being called before the Sanhedrin, and going out and still doing it. They didn't care. They had the fire of the Spirit. Oh, divine fire stirred up in those first apostles and those of us who are apostles that have come since then they will no longer be mere uh, no longer mere be mere preachers of dogma or moral theology but men living to transfuse the blood of god into the souls of men uh, my brothers and sisters that's when the world is going to change you know we're in a very scary time right now aren't we a lot of people are, fr- are frightened by what we see happening and the threats of what's going to happen But we have to trust in the Lord, and our responsibility is to pray, to fast, and also to transfuse the blood of God into the souls of men by how we live our discipleship, how we preach our discipleship, how we teach our discipleship, how we bring the Word of God and the truth of Jesus Christ to so many others. And it's not done by shouting back and forth at each other. You know, we read about the, the first century church, the early Christians. We don't read anything about them yelling at their opponents, shouting at them. We, we read about how they loved them. We read about how even in the th- threats of death and imprisonment, they did what they were called to do. And the power of the Holy Spirit worked through them, and the grace of, the, of Almighty God gave them the strength and the words and the power and even the spiritual authority to be able to bring to non-believers the truth. That's why the church grew so rapidly in that first century. And perhaps that's why the church isn't growing that fast right now, if at all, Because We're not doing that. We're not living like those first century Christians. We're not preaching like those first century Christians. We're not boldly going out into the streets in the sense that we can and in the ways that we can to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We're doing it here. You're doing it as you support us and pray for us and give us this opportunity. But as I said to to Father Tim, my spiritual director yesterday, you know, and I've said it's to you too. No one wants to join a miserable church. No one wants to join a church that's tearing itself down. No one wants to join a church that that is 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 so divided. And yes, there are reasons. Obviously, when you, when you read about certain Catholics who. Uh, publicly favor and support legalized abortion and then go to communion uh, yeah there's a there's a righteous anger there that we should have, and there's a fraternal correction that should be given. That's not the division I'm talking about. I'm talking about the division of little things pointing fingers over words and 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 uh, ways of of worship and 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 ways to pray and We are called, every single one of us, in our own discipleship, in our own apostleship. The apostolate of the lay people, as the Second Vatican Council called it, we here at this formal organized apostolate that is domestic church media, are called every day. I mean, to the day we die, in whatever way we can. Cheryl I mean, and I were laughing about that today, as you know, I... I said, I, I, as long as the Lord keeps me healthy, I can keep doing this. You know, it's, 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 not, it's not strenuous, or physically strenuous work. It might be a little mentally strenuous and uh, spiritually strenuous, but not physically strenuous work. As long as I have the ability, why not keep going? The Lord will tell me when my time is up. Mother Angelica I was doing her TV program until she was 78 and finally hit by the strokes that she had that kept her infirmed for so long. We have work to do, my brothers and sisters, work to do we who are apostles and disciples like the 72. Okay, I gotta go. Have a great rest of your day. Stay warm, stay safe, cozy up tonight, and enjoy this winter night. And I will be with you again tomorrow, God willing. Until then, have a blessed day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Rest in me